Have you checked out the new Brian Nichols Show collection over at Proud Libertarian? Head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash shop and you can grab some amazing Liberty swag that will definitely help pique some interest from our good ideas don't require force snapbacks, Alexa overthrow the government t-shirts, question everything mugs, and of course our ever popular don't hurt people, don't take people's stuff bumper sticker. The Brian Nichols Show shop over at Proud Libertarian has all the Liberty swag you need. And hey, if you're looking for more awesome Liberty apparel, check out the rest of the amazing Proud Libertarian store while you're over there. And be sure to use code TBNS at checkout to get 10% off your entire order. That's right, 10% off your entire order from Proud Libertarian, including everything over at the Brian Nichols Show shop. And all you have to use is code TBNS at checkout. One more time, head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash shop and check out the brand new Brian Nichols Show store over at Proud Libertarian and use code TBNS at checkout for 10% off your entire order. We can become great at doing the the things that we do well, the things that are, we focus on. Like I'm, I think our audience is great at selling liberty. I think we have yeah. been amazing at doing that. Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. As a sales and marketing executive in the greater telecommunications cybersecurity industry, Brian works with C level executives to help them future proof their company's infrastructure for an uncertain future. And in each episode, Brian takes that experience and applies it to the liberty movement. You start to ask questions that piques interest and get him to feel like, okay, this guy's actually got something that maybe can help me out. And then in your asking of questions and trying to uncover the real problems, build that natural trust. I know I went in the monologue there, man. (laughs) Instead of focusing on simply winning arguments or being right, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and their application in the world of politics, showing you how to ask better questions, tell better stories, and ultimately change people's minds. And now your host, Brian Nichols. 300th episode there, folks, and yes, also, happy Wednesday, Brian Nichols here on the Brian Nichols Show, surprise, surprise, episode 300 came so freaking fast, and I am so ecstatic to share today's conversation, of all conversations on episode 300, because today I am joined by a renowned political marketer, he is the author of The Undefeated Marketing Systems, Philip Stutz, who brings today his marketing expertise to The Brian Nichols Show and The Brian Nichols Show audience, speaking to the importance, as we've talked about here in the program, marrying sales and marketing, applying it to the world of politics, showing we can offer solutions, we dig into talking about solutions. School choice and how Philip was actually instrumental in school choice initiatives, specifically looking at that in Florida. And by the way, he had a a pretty big part in getting one Governor Ron DeSantis there as governor in Florida. So with that being said, on to the show, Philip Stutz here on The Brian Nichols Show. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it, man. You're uh, you're fancy. You've got uh, scrolling uh, you've got my book scroll on the bottom of this video. It's uh, it's very impressive. I'm excited to be here. Hey, we're, we're excited to have you here, Philip. And I'm, I'm especially excited because after I got the chance to read your brand new book, The Undefeated yeah. Marketing System, um, I found myself quite literally going through page by page with highlighter in hand, quite literally, and uh, going through marking your book up. So I do apologize for the, the defacement, but it's because I got so much value out yeah. of your, your approach to marketing because I think there's something inherent in speaking the language that is politics you got really your start in this greater marketing world in the world of political marketing so i thought you know when i was reading your book i could see myself almost 
hearing these conversations as I used to work on campaigns, you know, as I was driving candidates across their districts, you know, hearing what the, the conversations were from a marketing perspective and thinking, oh, wow, this this brings back memories. So, Philip, let's introduce yourself to the audience. What got you into political marketing specifically? And then, uh, I guess, got you on this path to writing the undefeated marketing system. Yeah. And, you know, if you're OK with it, the subtitle may give us give this a little bit more context uh, of the book, because uh, the, the subtitle is how to grow your business and build your audience using the secret formula that elects presidents. And so that's uh, that's why the relevancy of politics and business marketing. But, yeah, right. they um, look, I've worked in politics since 1996 and I um worked on eight presidential campaigns. I've worked on three winning presidential campaigns. And I've, worked, I've been a part of 1,407 election victories in my career. And I just kept, uh, after the 2004 re-election of George W. Bush, uh, which I was the national get-out-the-vote director for the campaign, I noticed that something had switched in the way that we started marketing politicians, and it started with that campaign. And ever since then, there's been the snowball effect of every political campaign utilizing the secret formula um, in order to get elected. Uh, Barack Obama literally took the model that we helped create in 2004 and, and married sort of social media to it. And then Donald Trump in 2016 married or took our model from 2004, modeled Barack Obama's uh, social media campaigns in 2008, 2012, and then married branding. Great branding, like uh, Make America Great Again. But whether you hate him or love him, it's great branding campaign from yeah. a marketer's perspective. And so, and then all of a sudden, and then I lay out in the book how Joe Biden utilized this undefeated marketing system to win. I do believe that the camp, the George W. Bush campaign in 2004 was the most, was a very historical race, not in in the parlance of uh, political campaigns but, or in, in, in presidential races, but in the way that we marketed that particular helm as a candidate. And I sort of lay out the history of how marketing changed, how actually political marketing became the most innovative force in the world uh, of marketing, even more than uh, corporate marketers, which I think by and far were more, uh, were out innovating corporate political marketers prior to 2004. But there was a switch that happened, I lay out in the book. And then I kind of walked through the historical context of Barack Obama's election, Donald Trump's election. And I believe that in 2008 and 2012, those were the two, the, the, after 2004, was the, 2004 was the greatest political marketing campaign in history. 2008, 2012 were the greatest political marketing campaigns in history, surpassing what we did before. And then 2016, with Trump was the greatest political marketing campaign in history. And I, although um, Joe Biden utilized this five-step undefeated marketing system in his campaign, I do not believe it was the most innovative campaign since Donald Trump or since Barack Obama or even since George W. Bush. He utilized it to win. Good for him. But I don't think he um, he innovated very very much with it. And I talk about how that works in the book. We can get into that too. But that's sort of the, the background of it. Yeah, it's fascinating stuff because at the end of the day, and this is partly why my show exists for the greater liberty world, is because I think you need to be able to know how to really reach your audience. And that starts really the undefeated marketing system. That is step one, to collect data, to know who your audience is and, and to get as much data as possible. So, Philip, 
let's dig into that some because you you'll hear people that say like okay data what does that mean so quite yeah. literally when people are looking for data really where should point. they start so i'll get let's keep going back into the history and then i'll, I'll answer the question so in 2004 up until 2004 every political campaign right or left republican democrat libertarian anything well maybe not libertarian because they're they're not as structured right we're all free thinkers but uh the republican and the democrats win uh, campaigns and the only data they really utilized was publicly available data that was given out by the secretary of elections in each state um or the you know and so you would have to go into each state you get the voter rolls you get some demographic information and you formulate how we're going to message the campaign based off of that it was very rudimentary but in 2004 carl rove and ken melman running the re-election campaign came and said we want to introduce consumer data into how we profile voters. This had never been done before in any well, political campaign ever. And I can still remember being in the early meetings of this and thinking, this sounds weird, right? And of course, they're the ones that are so innovative uh, that they brought this in, even though it was untested and unproven. But it ended up being the difference between why George W. Bush won re-election. And so we, we utilized this um, this data, and what we were able to find is what, you know, back then, pre-social media, it was finding out what magazines people bought, finding out what credit card purchases were, and then delivering or developing a profile of each voter in each target state to figure out what issues they were going to really care about when, when it came down to voting on Election Day. And so we were able to uniquely target those voters on very specific issues and direct mail and phone calls um, and door-to-door activities, things that, again, pre-social media. And so that is how we utilize it. Again, it, we called it micro-targeting back in the day. But, I mean, the fact is it is a thousand, maybe a million times more sophisticated today. Uh, the amount of data that we have uh, the opportunity to get our hands on and to understand not only voters but on the, on the uh, business side, consumers, is extraordinary. Now, there are people out there that are utilizing it to manipulate. And the question is, what do you use it for now? And so for us, um, we have a partnership with the largest data collection analytics and AI company in America. We have 200 million plus American consumers and voters in our database. We have 550 million plus connected devices that we're tracking. And we also track 10 billion, that's with a B, 10 billion online purchasing decisions every day and a trillion searches every day. And so we are able to go very, very, very deep in understanding uh, a, a voter or a consumer and thus help a politician be more successful or a company be more successful because we can market to the needs of the consumer or the voter rather than the, the politician or the business owner just running out and yelling a bunch of things they think will work. <laughs> every every sales guy that's listening just said thank you because that's sometimes the hardest part and you see this kind of divisive it's it's all tongue-in-cheek obviously the sales versus marketing kind of battle that goes back for ages but we kind of marry that together yes we do it that's so, why i love it yeah and i mean we've done this you know for fortune the, the data we look at we, we can literally overlay your customer base track their movements online and then spit out a report that tells you their top three values in life. We can tell you the social media platforms they're on in chronological order. We can tell you specific publications they read, like the Philly Inquirer or the Wall Street Journal. We can tell you the streaming shows that they're watching in a 
before. We can tell you everything about your consumer, customer base, B2B, B2C, doesn't matter. And then once you know that, then you know how to communicate because you're going to find out what you're going to find out what they care about outside of your product or service. And, and then you'll care about, you'll find out what they care about about your product and service. And so, uh, ultimately that is, you know, we, we tell when we deliver these reports to, to companies, we're again, startups, B2B, B2C, uh, Fortune 200. Um, ultimately every time the team comes in and goes, Oh my gosh, our sales team has got more free information on how to convert more sales than they've ever had. And it didn't cost us a dime. Now you, in order to use this data and market your business, it will cost you money. But for the sales teams, it's been extraordinary in improving their conversion rates um, without actually having to spend any more money. It, it's almost like you're you're really quantifying empathy, if that makes sense. Because right. there's there's the there's the hard data, but then there, to your point, there's that very intrinsic stuff that we don't really think about, but our actions, and in this case, it's where we go, what we yeah. what we do, where where we spend our money. That creates a profile of who we yeah, are. I mean, and not only that, listen to this, Brian, this is crazy. Yeah. I can tell you in your, with your customer client base why they make a purchasing decision based on three categories. Do they make it on, excuse me, do they make it on price? Do they make it on quality of your product or service? Or do they make it on convenience, which we like to call the reduction of friction to transaction. So like, you know, think about Amazon, two clicks and you're done that kind of convenience, Right. And so if you knew that you're, we just did a report for um, a high-end product, cost about $750. And what we found was that their customer base didn't want discounts. They didn't want, uh, they, they saw discounts as cheap. But they what they saw, they wanted to know that the product had high quality. And this company had been throwing a lot of discounts in their marketing. And they went, oh my gosh, we don't need to throw out discounts. If we're going to be quality, a way of... Um, usurping that is to say, you know what, why don't we give them a guarantee that the first six months, if you don't like the product, you get your money back. All of a sudden that high quality buyer is like, Oh, I have an insurance policy. Okay. I'm going to buy this product. Now I know it's high quality because they're, they're willing to guarantee it. And so these are the little nuances that literally change the trajectories of businesses. And ultimately we learned all this from running political campaigns and how we look at voters. Yeah, well, there's, I think you mentioned this in the book, too, because there really is no, you know, oh, hey, we'll get it next year. We'll get it next quarter. Like campaigns, there is a finite. This is the the yeah. deadline and there is no next step after that. It's either that or you win or you lose. And th- it's important to take this data and then to the next step, really build up that d- data backed strategic marketing plan. So when people are starting to, to take this data and try to focus, what's the most important stuff to focus on? How should they, I guess, prioritize that in their rankings, Philip? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I I prioritize uh, marketing to your customers first because they're the lowest hanging fruit. And then the second is uh, marketing to the people that are in your funnel that haven't converted. That's the second lowest hanging fruit. And then third is new prospects. So that's kind of how we look at it, especially on the, on the business side. Um, and, you know, the reason being is that my job as a marketer is to eliminate the risk of the business owner every single day not to spend their money and guess a bunch of things and cross my fingers and hope everything works. Um, and so we love to, to really focus on how do we maximize the purchasing power of your own customers or, or clients? And then the people that you have in your funnel that never, that came into your funnel or, you know, we see this, this is a crazy stat. Um, 
1% um, of all um, purchases and, or, or excuse me, all shopping in this country is left in, it, it's like cart abandonment rate is 68.81 in the e-commerce world. 68.81%. It accounts for 260 billion, with a B, billion dollars in lost orders every year. So we go, oh my God, we can track those people that abandon the cart and let's go remarket to them. And then let's incentivize them because they left for a reason. So let's figure out what it says in the data of how to incentivize them to get them back to buy the product or service that they left in the cart. And so these are the easy ways that you can win in your marketing upfront. And then obviously you've got to build out a long-term plan to continue to get new customers in the list in your, in your funnel. And so that's kind of how we build it out and how we work through it with, uh, with our clients. And then you have, I think this is everybody's favorite part. And it's usually the part people start with. And that's the messaging, the branding. And we see this a lot in the greater liberty world. People just want to talk about the messaging. And actually, I see this in sales, if I'm going to be honest, where sales guys, they're only focused on the specific message that they're promoting. But it is important, but it doesn't matter what your message is if you're not having the right message based on who you're speaking to. So could you dig into that a little bit more? Well, I mean, how many times do we, the salespeople go out and they, they say, they give the same sales pitch every time or they tweak it. What if you found out from the data of your own customers or clients that you're pitching or selling that they only care about 10% of what you're talking about or 20%? Wouldn't you eliminate the 80% that you've been talking about for the last six months? And hone in and, and build out a better pitch or message or, or sales strategy based on the 20% of your, what your customer and client really wants to hear from you. And so that is what we're trying to understand from the sales side, right? More than anything else. And the other thing is like, look, uh, I'll use this as a metaphor for everybody. Um, stories are the most important thing we can do. Um, and if you read the book, uh, that we're talking about my book, then you're gonna, you're not reading a textbook. I mean, you know, Brian, I think you can attest to that. The book is told through stories. Uh, it is a very entertaining, uh, look at how political campaigns and, uh, specific political campaigns will run utilizing the data marketing system. And then we apply it to how corporate, uh, America has utilized this five step on the marketing system all through success and failure stories. So I tried to make it entertaining. It is. And I think when you're talking about sales teams or even marketing, you've got to be entertaining. You've got to stick out from the crowd because, you know, this is my favorite statistic right now that I'm talking about. According to Forbes, right now in America, we are seeing up to 10,000 ads a day online and offline. I mean, that is an insane number. So you're, if you're selling widgets, so let's say you're selling shoes or you're selling a SaaS product, you're not competing in the marketing space, right? Um, you're, or even in the sales space, you're not competing with other SaaS products or widgets or shoes, uh, the shoe industry. You're, you're competing against cooler companies. You're competing against t-shirt companies. You're competing against 10,000 other businesses. And that is so important to understand how you, the only way to break through that clutter is to understand the customer or client market and deliver what they want. And that's where we found the success, whether it be in politics or whether it be in business. And it's important to take that message that we think is going to work and before we launch it, test it. So when we're looking to actually take the messaging and effectively test to make sure we're not just having the right message, but now we are in fact reaching the right people and they are resonating. And I think you, you frame it this way in the book, not just that the people hear your message, but they're compelled to act, I think is the way you framed it. 
what what it's something we're going to be looking for some some you know is there is there data that we're going to be looking to reaffirm that our message is actually working yeah so this is step four where we go test everything and so really here's here let me let me so i'll tell you a story uh the story is this in 2016 i, I sat down right after the election with a guy named gary kobe who ran the digital efforts for trump and gary sat me down and said you know when we were on facebook and we were in our testing phase of our ads we would run one ad on facebook 162 different versions or ways of one ad, 162 different versions of one message. There would be a man in the ad, a woman in the ad, uh, a green background, a red background, a yellow background, all the different kind of colors. They would then test different fonts, font sizes. The, the man would be in one corner, the man would be in the left corner, the right corner, the bottom corner, right? Like it was 162 different versions of what they knew from the data. One message they knew would work. They just didn't know which part of their message would work best. And ultimately, they found, he said, about eight or nine of those ads blew through the roof. And they couldn't tell you why exactly, why that color uh, concept worked, why those fonts worked, why a grandmother in the ad worked better than a grandfather in the ad, whatever it was, right? They just knew it worked. But now, because they tested Based on the data they already had, they tested this you know, one message. They actually did this with uh, multiple messages, right? Hundreds of messages, and they tested each one of those 162 ways. But not everybody has a billion-dollar campaign, right? And so the point is that you've got to figure out from the data the best messages, and then from the best messages, how do you test those best messages a couple different ways? With business owners, you know, maybe you can get them to test it 5, 10, 15, 20 different variations. They get really nervous in the testing phase. I don't know why, but it is. Uh, we're actually working on a project right now to be able to deliver 200, 300, 400 different types of variations of one message on the corporate side uh, at a very low cost for our clients. But that's uh, it's in development. We're hoping to have that out by Q4. But the point is, is that you're trying to find what optimizes the best between the, uh, in the message that you already know and the data will work. And so for us, it's not us sitting around a table, a conference table, having a brainstorm session of what we hope will work or what we think will work based on no reasoning other than we're creative people and we think this color scheme will work. We actually know from the testing phase that we put in place that it will absolutely I couldn't help but chuckle a little bit because I just think, you know, they're in, we all know the, the Facebook groups are out there with everybody talking about how perfect they can make the world. That everybody would just listen. They all go talk in their little hives. But here, let's, let's go towards, because my audience is better than, at math than I am. We're on step four. That means we have one step left, and that is step five. And it's actually the launch phase. And I think yeah, I, I would love to hear this story from you yourself, Phil, because one of the most compelling stories about how this system not only it can work, but how it did work was your work uh, down in, uh, I think it was 2018, with Ron DeSantis focusing on school choice. So could you dig into that a little bit after yeah, we uh, discussed I mean, this launch little, phase? Yeah, a little background. I've done more work on school choice than probably any media person in America. And uh, we started working on school choice issues back in 2005. Uh, I've gone into inner city New Orleans, uh, D.C. We've now worked in about 25 states on school choice issues, charter schools, vouchers, um, school, just any kind of school choice, right? And so we had a school choice organization come to us in 2018, and they said, um, you know, we got a we got a problem. Ron DeSantis is in a very close race for governor of Florida um, with Andrew Gillum, 
and who is the mayor of Tallahassee, who has, you know, since been caught with crack and prostitutes or, or excuse me, uh, meth and prostitutes. So obviously, um, and after COVID elections have consequences. So this is a very relevant story, right? But, um, uh, so we actually went in and we ran what was called the, the largest geofarming campaign in history. I'll kind of explain what it was, but what we found was we were able to, um, uh, geofarm. So you, everybody knows what geofencing is. You can like put a little geographic, uh, you can draw a geographic location out and drop ads just on that geographic location. Well, geofarming is that you can actually go back one, two years in the past on a specific geographic location, grab their IP addresses, and then run ads to them. So think about if you're at a conference, the conference was in Vegas right before COVID broke out, and you want to target everybody at the conference, you can still do that. That's called geofarming. You can go to that conference, at, let's say, at that hotel in Las Vegas, and you can put a you know, like an invisible little circle around that building, and then you can grab all the IP addresses that were there in you know, August of 2019, and then you can start running ads on those people. So it's crazy what you can do now, right? But this was the largest geofarming campaign in, his, in political history, and we were able to identify all the charter schools in the state of Florida. And we had a video of Andrew Gillum um, saying that he was going to eliminate school choice, eliminate charter schools, all this stuff. And so we actually um, were, we went out and tested uh, and found out what, you know, once we got, grabbed their IP addresses, we were in that, that were around these schools. And I think we identified like 110,000 or maybe it was like even 130,000 uh, IP addresses of parents who went to these charter schools. And we were able to identify you know, that they were very passionate about having their school um, stay, that, you know, they, to, to be able to send their kid to this charter school, it was very important. And so we knew from the data that that issue would really resonate. And Andrew Gillum really didn't want to talk about it on the trail. I think he had talked about it to the teachers' unions, but he hadn't talked about it really publicly. And so we developed a plan, which was step two. Uh, we created a, a website and a way to send our ads, uh, send people to our ads, the, the targeted audience, which were, school choice uh, parents. And then uh, we decided to test. We, we created a video in that branding phase, which is step three. Step four is we test, tested the ad we put together and it blew through the roof. And we're, like, oh, we're ready to go. So we launched. So we targeted, like I said, uh, over 100,000 school choice or actually charter school parents. But it was mostly women they were we found in there. And um, when the election happened, um, something happened after the election. I think DeSantis won by around 30,000 votes out of millions cast. And it was the, one of the closest races in the country. Again, races have consequences, especially I'm in the state of Florida. I live in Florida. If we had Andrew Gillum as our governor during COVID, it would have been a disaster, right? So this is very important. And so what we did in this particular campaign is we targeted all these school choice, what we like to say, school choice moms. And we delivered that ad. We delivered that ad around 30 different times to them. 30 times they would deliver that ad because we had their IP address because we geofarmed it out. And actually, as a little side note, we were able to identify that if you, uh, we were able to identify people that just popped in and out of the school but didn't spend any particular amount of time at the school. So like UPS drivers, we, we got their IP address and we eliminated them from the list. But ultimately, we targeted people. We delivered, again, over 30 views on average per IP address that we were targeting and when it was over, again, DeSantis won by 30,000 votes, but he actually got around 100,000 more, or 100,000 African-American votes, or African-American women votes, more specifically. 
if you compare that to Senator Rick Scott, who was running for the U.S. Senate at the time and on the ballot with DeSantis, uh, Rick Scott got about 60,000 African-American female uh, voters um, in that election. And then if you compared it to Trump in 2016, it was around, he got around 30,000 African-American women voters out of the state of Florida in 2016. So what, and by the way, Ron DeSantis was running against an African-American candidate. <laughs> he got a white guy running against an African-American. So like what, what, that's crazy, right? And so the Wall Street Journal dug into the campaign and they determined and they put in the headline that school choice moms won the election to Ron DeSantis. And again, largest geo-farming campaign in history. We followed the undefeated marketing system all the way through. We innovated like crazy. We delivered that ad over and over and over to them. We convinced these moms that they needed to vote for the Republican white congressman that was running uh, versus the, you know, uh, the African-American mayor of Tallahassee for the race for governor. And we had, we got enough of those votes to swing the election. I talk about often when I go on different shows, the ad that you helped get crafted about the, the little kid being told, I'm sorry, your charter school is going to get closed by Andrew Gillum if he uh, is elected governor of Florida and the kid starts to cry the, the crocodile tears. I mean, how powerful is that? Well, you know, the creative is really important. And we knew that we had to make an impact on, the, on, on school choice moms or charter school moms. And so that was our main focus. Uh, the, the ad was hard hitting. It worked. Um, and we're super proud of it too. Yeah, you should be. Well, you, I mean, you said elections do have consequences. And I think a lot of us are looking down to Florida and saying, can we have some of that? I'm saying that here in Philadelphia, we just got word. I don't know if you heard this. We, we just got word that our mask mandates are back in, in place only if you don't show your vaccination, uh, proof of vaccination, of course. So that's which so by the way is a totally racist policy, right? Why is nobody talking about that? Because, you know, 25% of uh, minorities have been vaccinated. So they're the ones that are getting cut out of the grocery store, the restaurants, the bars, everything. Like, it's just crazy to me how racist it is. Well, and what a perfect segue. You, you read my mind where I was going because as we wrap up the show, I wanted to maybe frame what are you seeing on the horizon? What are going to be some of these top of mind issues looking at the data that you've been able to get your, your you know, classic you know, behind-the-scenes sneak peek look at that we should be concerned about and get ready for as we move forward here, not just to 2022, but 2024 and beyond. Uh, I'd be lying to you if I told you I knew anything about how 2024 was going to go. Nobody does. There's just so much chaos in the world right now. You know, I always say, uh, Brian, it's, uh, we're not in, in a new normal. We're just in new. And new is every month, so... You know, in June and July, the masks came off. Life got back to normal, and now masks are back on. And you're hearing lockdowns again in some states, and like it's just so in flux all the time. And so, do I think this? You know, the the suppression of freedom. Do I believe that that'll be one of the big issues that comes out of the election in, in 2022 uh, with the you know midterms? You could absolutely see that. I mean, you're kind of seeing that now. And the other thing that no one's talking about is this massive swing of Hispanic voters into the Republican Party. So if you're looking at the recall election in California right now, Gavin Newsom is in deep, deep, deep trouble. Now, he's trying to game the system and put voting uh, rules in place that give him a massive advantage, whether that's cheating or not, we'll see. But the fact is, is that in all the data we're seeing right now, it's not only Republicans who are mad. It's independents are mad, but it's Hispanics that are also mad. 
in the state of California. And you saw this in 2020 when Trump was winning Hispanic districts that no Republican had ever won in, the, in some of the um, counties in Texas. And so what you're saying is maybe because of the COVID lockdowns and everything else is a paradigm shift with Hispanics into the Republican Party. If that happens, obviously Republicans are going to win back the Senate. They're going to win back the House. And it puts them in a pretty damn good advantage uh, for the 2024 election based on whoever runs right now. We just don't know. Well, it doesn't help when you have, it seems, a lot of Democrats basically pseudo-embracing the policies of Fidel Castro in Cuba. It's not the policies that cause the problem. It's the United States embargo. It's not communism. It's just us. Always us. The book is The Undefeated Marketing System. You can go ahead and get it on Amazon. Uh, I, so I, I think I got it. But uh, with that being said, obviously, we want folks to be able to go ahead and follow you. So, uh, Philip, where can folks not just go ahead and follow you, but stay up to date with all that's going to be happening over uh, in your world? Yeah, you can go to philipstutz.com. I see, Brian, you'll have show notes, which will have my exact spelling. And then, you know, if you're interested in your business on how the data works, obviously, you will give you a free assessment of that. You go to philipstutz.com slash insights. Uh, I write a, a blog every two weeks on data and marketing insights, and I have a podcast. My podcast is called the Undefeated Marketing Podcast. Uh, you know, so check that out. We've had uh, we've had some really really interesting guests on there, including uh, James Altucher and Cal Fussman, who's one of the uh, he wrote for Vanity Fair as an interview every president. Interview Muhammad Ali, and he tells how to tell better stories. If you're a salesperson, it's a masterclass in that. We've got uh, Peter Diamandis coming on in a couple of weeks. He is business partners with Elon Musk. So we've got, uh, and we're talking about innovation, AI, marketing, all these kind of fun topics on the show. Awesome. Well, that being said, yes, you were insightful. We will have all of this in the show notes. But with that being said, thank you so much, Philip Stutz, for joining us here on today's episode of The Brian Nichols Show. That was fun, Brian. Thank you, buddy. You've heard the name Ebels, but now you need to remember My Delta 8. From the same people who brought you Ebels, My Delta 8 is Delta 8 THC, offering a semi-sedative physical sensation without the overwhelming mental simulation of Delta 9 THC, resulting in a smoother, much milder experience. Both Ebels and My Delta 8 offer both best quality product and customer service in the industry, from helping manage chronic pain, anxiety, depression, and more. The reviews are in, folks. Both Ebels and My Delta 8 are truly game changers as a natural alternative to big pharma drugs. And hey, yours truly here at The Brian Nichols Show can vouch for the quality of Ebels and my Delta 8 having to deal with a herniated disc in my back, plus years of sports injuries. Ebels and my Delta 8 offer relief where generic medicines simply mask the pain. And did you know you can get Ebels and my Delta 8 delivered right to your door at a special discounted price? That's right. All members of The Brian Nichols Show audience can use promo code TBNS at checkout and boom, discount applied. Again, that's code TBNS at checkout to get the highest quality CBD and Delta 8 THC on the market delivered right to your door. One more time, the code is TBNS at checkout. Alrighty, folks, that's going to wrap up my conversation with Philip Stutz. I really, really enjoyed that conversation. It goes 
right in line with what we talk about here on the program on the regular, particularly, of course, our episodes as we talk about marketing with Chris Goizetta. So, Philip, thank you for joining the program. It was a great conversation. And as always, folks, if you enjoyed the conversation, please do me a favor. Go ahead and share the episode. When you do, please tag Philip and also tag yours truly. You can tag me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at B Nichols Liberty. Also, if you want to go ahead and get in touch with me, shoot me an email, brian at briannicholsshow.com. Hey, did you hear we have an awesome ebook? Four easy steps you can implement now to help sell liberty to friends and family. You can find it free, by the way, at briannicholsshow.com forward slash Liberty Friends ebook. Also, when you go ahead and sign up to get that free ebook, you will also be entered to every single day getting our five days a week, I guess it is, morning sales huddle. Yes, every morning around 6 a.m. or so, you're getting a quick little blurb from me talking about really what I talk about with my sales team every single day as well. And it is what can you do every single day to become a better salesperson, whether it's talking about how to sell Liberty, sell something in, in the workplace, whether it's a service, a product, what have you. At the Brian Nichols Show Morning Sales Huddle, we're showing you how to go ahead and be a better salesperson. So, BrianNicholsShow.com forward slash Liberty Friends ebook to get the free ebook and to go ahead and get signed up for our morning sales huddle. Hey, if you already have the ebook and you want to go ahead and check out the morning sales huddle, you can go ahead and sign up for that email list right there at BrianNicholsShow.com on our homepage. Also, want to go ahead and give a special shout out to the amazing folks who keep the Brian Nichols Show's lights on, and that is our amazing patron supporters, Daryl Schmitz, Laura Stanley, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Hody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the big We Are Libertarians channel. Thank you to all of our amazing patron supporters. If you want to become a supporting listener of The Brian Nichols Show, you can head over to briannicholsshow.com forward slash support and select one of two options. Option A, yes, our Patreon, where you can become a $5, 10 25 or $50 a month supporter. And please, again, go through our Patreon levels. You can see all the different tiers we have available over on our Patreon or you can become a one-time PayPal donation of, and I, that all helps as well, folks. Honestly, it all goes right back into the show. It helps us reach more people, goes into marketing. So if you want to go ahead and help the program, 5, 10, 15, 20, 500, hey, I don't care, whatever it may be, head over to BrianNicholsShow.com forward slash support. Uh, go to PayPal and make a one-time donation. Folks, that's all I have for you today. So, with that being said, coming up here on Friday, returning to the program, he was one of our first guests here when we went to our brand new video format, one Kenny Cody, and Kenny is returning to the program to discuss, oh my gosh, what is happening over in Afghanistan, and an overarching theme of the episode, you guessed it, Ron Paul was right, so make sure you hit that subscribe button so you're not missing that phenomenal episode with Kenny Cody, but with that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off here on episode 300 with Philip Stutz. We'll see you Friday. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. When we're talking about living a truly free and independent life, we mean it. And that's exactly what Gary Collins, who is the creator of The Simple Life, set out to accomplish. And now you have a chance to learn all the secrets that Gary has developed over decades of trying it out himself, building these amazing courses, as you can go to thesimplelifenow.com and access three amazing courses, one being the off-the-grid master course, two being 
seeing the how to finance your off-grid home course and three how to find your dream off-grid property course and get an awesome 10% off at checkout by using code TBNS10. That's right. You too can learn how to live a truly free and independent lifestyle by living off-grid and all these amazing courses are delivered to you by Yes One Gary Collins from the thesimplelifenow.com. Use code TBNS10 at checkout for 10% off your order and start living your free life today. Audio production for The Brian Nichols Show is brought to you by DB Podcast Audio. Learn more by emailing inquiries to william at dbpodaudio.com.